I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Happy Monday to you all. Well, probably unless you are in Philly because you are not having a good Monday if you are a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers because your team got to a Game 7 on Sunday. They got eliminated, and they are heading home with a lot of questions, as you heard Canty and Carlin talk about just moments ago. As you can tell, I am neither Canty nor Carlin. I'm Michael Rothstein. I am along with Andre Snellings. We are in for the guys today here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Candy and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You want to join our conversation, give us a call on the Candy and Carlin call in line, 188-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Andre, how you doing, my man? The NBA is your, your ballywick. This is what you do. How are you? Oh, yeah. This time of year is my time of year. We just had a game seven yesterday that gives us all types of stuff to talk about. And I'm sitting in, um, <laughs> uh, Chris Canty's seat. So I'm trying to pretend that I'm six eight and, uh, have eight figures worth of football money in the bank. So I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> eight figures worth of football money and a, a very loud and powerful voice. So this would be a good thing for you if that obviously can happen. But glad to be along with you today. But let's, let's start with the Sixers, right? Like I said, you cover the NBA for ESPN and, when you watched everything unfold, which was the Celtics really just annihilating Philadelphia, 112-88, led by 51 points from Jason Tatum, most in the history of Game 7s in NBA history. What was, when you saw Philly, I want to focus on Philly here, what was your kind of biggest takeaway? Like when you saw it and said, all right, now what for the Sixers? Like where do you go? My biggest takeaway was they fumbled the bag. Like, they had it. You know, when they have game six at home and they're holding Jason Tatum under wraps, they have the lead in the fourth quarter, all they have to do is get to the finish line. And and they let Tatum wake up. He does his thing, gets to game seven. Even in game seven, they started off well. They were winning for most of that first half. So for them to just stop scoring in the, the third quarter – it was painful to watch, and I couldn't help. In the second quarter, I tweeted out, the 76ers were winning by eight points at the time, and I said, James Harden, the way he's playing is a red flag. In the three wins this series, he shot 60% from the field and 56% from three, and in the three losses going into yesterday, he shot 20% from the field and 10% from three, and he was on that pace in the second quarter. For him to have that game in a game seven with his reputation and all that has gone through and the point where he is in his career, I just don't know if he can recover from that in a 76ers uniform. That's very valid, by the way. And when you're talking about 20 and 10, as actual statistics, that's great. As percentages, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's atrocious. I mean, that, that, that's that's some baseball level numbers, and that's like below Mendoza line in baseball. You, if you're shooting that, and you are James Harden, that is a recipe for a loss. But here's the thing, Dre. None of that surprised me. 
Mm-hmm. None of what we saw on Sunday surprised me, and here's why. And I know you're going to disagree with me here, and that <laughs> is okay. The Boston Celtics were the better team all season. They were the higher-seeded team. They were the more experienced team in terms of being in this position before because they were there, you know, a year ago. All of those factors combined with 51 from Jason Tatum. I mean, at one point, I remember a stat being put up on the screen. I think it was from the second, the beginning of the second quarter to the middle of the third. It was like Jason Tatum 27, Philadelphia 29 or something like that. When that is happening and you saw some of the shots that Jason Tatum was making, there was it was over. There was no chance. Like the fourth quarter was a fate accompli. Like it was it was done. But the Celtics were the better team all year. The Sixers, again, I know you're going to disagree, <laughs> were very much a two-man team all season long. I know you like Tyrese Maxey. I know you like Tobias Harris. But I'm sorry. If they are your third option, I do not feel great about that when I look at other teams and what their top end of the roster looks like. So you're right. I will disagree with you. And what I would say is the Celtics were the better team from October to December. During those first few months of the season when the 76ers had each of Harden and Maxi and um, Embiid all missed time due to injury, the Celtics were the best. They had the best record in the NBA during that stretch. But once the 76ers got healthy, which encompassed the majority of the season, we're talking 50 plus games, they were lockstep with the Celtics. Their records were almost identical. And, you know, I'm a nerd. I'm a numbers guy. The ESPN analytics, the basketball power index, when that series started, said that the 76ers and the Celtics were 1-2 in the NBA in terms of overall power ranking, and the 76ers were first. So I I don't buy the—to me, it's too passive. It's too easy to say, eh, the Celtics were better. It was just supposed to happen. The 76ers had the MVP. They had a guy who was just MVP five years ago. Um, I, I do like Tyrese Maxey as a third option because, yes, the Celtics have a great top two as well, and they're deep. But you can't point to their third option, in my opinion, and say, oh, he's on a different level from Maxey. You know, Tobias Harris is a fourth option is not bad. They have role players. They, they, they have a bench. And they are supposed to be here. This was their opportunity, in my opinion, their best opportunity to get to the promised land. So, Yes, I agree the Celtics, they're the real deal, and Jason Tatum did his thing. But why Why did the 76ers not attempt to take the ball out of Jason Tatum's hands? Why let one man, who obviously had it going, score 51 points as opposed to trapping and doubling him and saying, I'm going to need for Marcus Smart to drop 25 or Al Horford to hit, hit six three-pointers? It's possible they do it, but you're going to have to show me. You're not going to just have one man beat me with their best punch. Well, but here, here's the thing, right? Like, they, no, because it's not like they were like, hey, Jason Tatum, here is a lane. Just drive through it. Or, hey, we're going to give you a wide open three. Jason Tatum had to earn those. You looked at the majority of his shots, and it's not like he was taking wide open shots. Like, they were contested shots. They were off balance shots. They made him earn that. He, so it's not like it's not like they were just kind of laissez-faire saying, meh. Don't really want to win. Don't really want to advance. Jason Tatum took it from him. Yeah, and that's what great players do. And you know, listen, Joel Embiid, James Harden, that did not happen. And it's just as simple as that to me. It's just as simple as that. Great players do step up in big moments, but it's not like 
he was out there shooting over the team. Like the 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 Celtics schemed and give Joe Mazzulla credit. They schemed over those last couple of games, or, or really the whole series, to get set a pick, get a switch, so that um, uh, uh, Tatum is working against Tyrese Maxey. And Maxey is a game defender, but he's about six or seven inches shorter than Jason Tatum. And Tatum knew he could shoot over him. And he did that repeatedly. He was hitting excellent shots, those sidestep threes. It was, I mean, he did his thing. But if I'm Philadelphia, it's more than just, eh, laissez-faire, let them win. No, it's that man is beating us. We have to make an adjustment and take the ball out of his hands. We're, we're, we're blitzing him. We're running traps at him. And if somebody else beats us, well, then, hey, GG, as my son would say. <laughs> See, I, I prefer the good job, good effort to mm-hmm. the GG, but that's, that is just me. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rossi. We are in for the guys today. And, well, we're going to move a little bit from the present to the future when we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. And, Trey, you might say, well, I mean, do the Sixers have a future? Is there one there? What does that look like? Does it, does that include Doc Rivers? Does that include James Harden? What does that mean for Joel Embiid? For your beloved Tyrese Maxey? Like, what, <laughs> what, what are we looking at? And let's start with this person. And that is James Harden because other than Doc Rivers, and we will get to him later, James Harden is the one I think where there's the biggest question of what this looks like. Here is what James Harden had to say about his future with the team post, you know, now. What will be the things you weigh when you decide what you're going to do this summer, both with your option and what your future is if you opt out? I haven't even thought about it, no. Well, that's nice okay. that James Harden hasn't thought about it. Great. Help, helpful there, James. Really, really appreciate that from you and, the, you and your beard. Very, 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 <laughs> very, very helpful and largely assistant. So, of course, we're now going to go to Woj, who knows all things ever, our ESPN senior NBA insider. He was on Get Up this morning, and here's what he said might happen. It was a real possibility back on Christmas, and it remains so now. Houston's a very real possibility for Philadelphia's James Harden in free agency. They've got you know, upwards of $60 million in cap space. They want to be much better next season. James Harden certainly pushed his way out of Houston when he felt he had reached the end of the line there and got to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Obviously, that did not last long. Daryl Morey had always targeted to try to bring Harden to Philly. He got him there, and now with free agency, upon him for the Sixers, they've got to decide how much they would want to invest long-term in James Harden. But there's a comfort level in Houston for James Harden. He's got family there. He's very comfortable in that environment. And this is an organization where he knows ownership. He knows the front office. I think regardless for the Rockets of whether or not they won the draft lottery, my sense is that would not necessarily change the Rockets' intentions to Hmm. pursue James Harden. I, we'll see what happens with Harden and Houston. I mean, listen, if Harden goes back to Houston, that makes the Rockets infinitely better than they are currently, right, Dre? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're super young. They've got some exciting young talent that's come out of the draft in the last couple of years. It would feel like Harden is not on the same career trajectory as the Rockets. The, the Rockets seem like they're building for two or three years down the line, and Harden seems like every season he has to maximize because we don't know how many – years he'll have left at this level but you know I will say he never looked comfortable playing the second fiddle to Joel Embiid we saw it in in this playoff series when Embiid was out Harden drops 46 and 10 or whatever he dropped in in game one to lead to the win 
Then Embiid comes back, and all of a sudden Harden is tentative, and he's passing when he should shoot and driving when he should 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 spot up. So I don't know. I, I No one can say what's in James Harden's mind, but I will say that the way that this season ended could not have left a good taste in his mouth. No, it didn't leave, I would imagine, a good taste in anyone's mouth around Philadelphia. Fan, general manager, owner, team, <laughs> uh, coach, who, whoever, I, if you were – a, someone who likes the 76ers, you're probably, again, even though they played to seed. They did. They, you're probably not feeling good about that. In terms of James Harden, just to explain this a little bit to the listeners here on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. James Harden has a $35.6 million player option. If he declines the option by June 29th, but signs a max contract at that point that would start at $46.9 million, which is not an insignificant amount of money. The Sixers would be $9 million over the tax. They'd be close to the $179.5 million second apron. So we're talking about more luxury tax dollars there. They would not then have the access to use the $5 million taxpayer mid-level exception and they'd be restricted from how much money they could get back in a trade. So that you have to consider when you're talking about what James Harden does. So Harden has a lot of different options here. The Sixers, however, can offer four years, $210 million as a contract. Theoretically, a team like Houston that has money available, they can offer four and 202. If you're James Harden, Dre, and I say this as both people, myself and you, I don't obviously know your financial situation, but $8 million, an $8 million difference would be a significant difference to me, but somebody like James Harden, would you rather go somewhere like Houston if that's where you were more comfortable for $8 million less, or would you just say, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to just go where the most money is? Like That, that to me might be a question that James Harden has to ask himself. Yeah, I mean, if I'm pretending that I'm Harden and and, and, and the decision were me, then no, I, I would not go back to Houston because I would want to win a championship. And $8 million difference when it's the rounding error in a contract maybe isn't as big of a motivating factor. But I would question, are those types of numbers on the board from either team? I mean, James Harden is, what, he's 33? He'll be 34 years old in August. So... A four-year deal, we're talking about a Harden that's approaching 40. And yes, he has a game that should age well. But at the same token, at this point, there are already questions about what role he could play on a championship squad. So that type of money, I I would be surprised if he has multiple of those offers to mull over, um, let alone, you know, uh, trying to decide – contender with the 76ers versus comfortable home that he's not going to win a ring with with the Rockets. No, no, no. Like, this isn't like end career Carmelo here where it's like you have one choice and we're going to maybe pretend there's more, but you were a great player once and you have one choice. James Harden's still a really good player here in the NBA and teams are going to want to try and make that work. Now, The reality is, wherever James Harden goes, the level of success that's expected doesn't necessarily get hit, right? Like, it clearly didn't happen in Brooklyn. You can maybe make the argument that it happened in Houston to an extent. They did get to a finals. Did it happen in OKC? Mm, I don't know, but he was a different player then, different situation then. Don't know if it happened in Philly. I mean, do you think it happened in Philly? I'm I'm not sold that that level of expectation was met. I don't think it was a failure, but I don't think they hit expectation. 
Like that might be the bigger question, but a team's going to take a chance on him. I think a team might take a chance on him, uh, a four-year, $200 million chance at, at this point in his career with the way that things have gone, as you pointed out, in Brooklyn, you know, the way he forced himself out of Houston, then the way things went in Brooklyn, and then the way things have gone in Philadelphia. At his, at this point in his career, I'll just say I'd be surprised if he gets four years, $200 million. But if he does, I more power to him. You know, uh, I want everybody to get all the bag they can get. And I'll also say Daryl Morey was who brought James Harden to Houston. And then he worked a really long time to bring him to Philadelphia. I I saw Maury at the uh, Sloan Analytics Conference wearing a T-shirt with James Harden's face on it. So I know that he is very high on Harden, and I would imagine that now that he's finally got him, he's going to want to keep him around. But, you know, I, I, I guess... I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that home cooking in Houston is enough to, to entice him away. It's, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what you do if you are James Harden. I, I don't know what you do if you're Philly. Because if you do commit to him, and you've obviously committed to Embiid, who won the MVP this year, do you, and you're already really close to that second apron. Like, and Josh Harris, by the way, let's not forget this, as one of the co-owners of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils is the lead part or part of the ownership group that might go by the Washington Commanders. So that's a significant chunk of change, too. Like, let's not forget that in this mm-hmm. because, yes, we're talking about billionaires and billions of dollars, but like you said, a $200 million-plus contract that you know you're going to have to pay a lot of that out, like that's not insignificant to you if you're going to buy a third franchise and you're mm-hmm. going to then have to put the money in there. Like That's something else to consider when we're talking about the James Harden thing. You might not always think about that because you'd like to keep the businesses separate, but if you're a guy like Josh Harris, like I, that to me would come up. Yeah, when we start talking about two hundred million dollars, like it's pocket money, you know, like like coming to America, do not take my pocket money. Like uh, (laughs) (laughs) that, that, that's a significant. We're talking nine figures, and so yes, uh, to me, that plays into all of this. I think that we'll see Harden make the best decision for him moving forward with money and championship and all of those things in the matrix. But I think the teams are going to be doing the same calculus. So I'm not quite sure that we're just going to see a blank check checkbook, even for a former MVP. No problem. I, I don't think it'll be blank because, you know, then he can fill in whatever number he wants and, you know, maybe he'll even he'll throw in more money then. And I'll just throw everything else off and then there'll be bigger, bigger problems. Obviously, he won't do that. That voice you heard is Andre Snellings. I'm Michael Rossi and we're filling in for Kenny and Carlin today. We want you to weigh in. If James Harden does move on, would you consider his time in Philadelphia a failure? Give us a call. one say espn That's 888-729-3776. And we'll get to that after Andre has this from NHTSA. Every day, there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers will be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash won't make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it, click it, or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Tatum in the right side corner, guarded by Embiid. A three is good! Jason Tatum holds up five with the right and a fist with the left. He's got 51 points. The final score at TD Garden, the Boston Celtics 112 and the Philadelphia 76ers 88. We felt like we were the better team and we dropped some games early in the series. And tonight, the crowd got behind us. We guarded our ass off and we came out and was able to get a little storm going and they couldn't recover. It's NBA playoff time. There's no question about that. We're at the conference final stage of all of it, which is why we've got the exciting music. Eric did a good job. It's a little bit of, a little bit of dancing here on your Monday afternoon here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio alongside Andre Snellings, who does a bunch of NBA and analytics stuff here for us at ESPN. I'm Michael Rothstein. Cover the Atlanta Falcons and boxing and a whole bunch of other things too. And we're going to get back to the NBA in a minute. And feel free to give us a call on the Candy and Carlin call-in line, one eight eight say espn That's 888-729-3776 about this, which is do you consider James Harden's time in Philadelphia a failure? But right now we're going out to the phones to talk to who else but the wonderful Marcus Spears, one of our ESPN NFL analysts. Marcus, how are you doing, my man? What up, fellas? How y'all doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm doing good. It is uh, it is the NFL off season ish. 
So I get to work a lot less. So I mean, that makes me super happy. But you've been in the player seat before. You know, you've been a young player. You've been a vet this time of year. This like mid-May when it's like kind of OTAs, but kind of not. What's this like as a player right now, both from a young player and an older player's perspective? Uh, young player, everything is still going fast. I don't think a lot of people realize, like from the beginning of your whatever junior or senior year, where until you declare for the draft and you go through that process, it's like a one long two year window. Um, there is no break. Um, as soon as college ends, you probably heal up for a week and then you get start training for the combine. Um, you start training to get ready for the draft and put yourself in the best possible situation. Um, then you do all of that lead up to the draft. And then after you get drafted, obviously you got to go through, you got to continue to work out because you want to be in shape for rookie minicamp. And then OTAs hit. <laughs> and then you you in training camp before you know it. And then football season. So that's one long window as a young player. As an older player in May, you trying to find the nearest beach. You can get some work in. You can still get some work in, and obviously you can be up at the facility um, doing doing the off season program. Um, but you trying to get as much time away, family um, that you can when you're not at the facility and working out with the team. So it just, and and it depends on individual guys, man. Like how you like to go about. Some guys when I play had their own trainers. They they trusted more than what the off season program was. Some guys swore by the off season program. The one positive thing always about being in the off season program was that you just build camaraderie, and it's a good time with your with your fellas and and your team. And you kind of go through you know you go through the the hot summer days of training, and it builds a little bit of a callus and relationship for you guys. So that's an important element, but. I'm telling you, man, by the time I got to my seven, eight year, brother, I was counting down the hours to Friday. Uh-huh. No doubt. What up, Big Swagoo? This Dre. I'm an OG Bengal fan. Doing good. Doing good. Uh-oh. So, okay, okay. as an OG Bengal fan, I done had a lot of years of pain. But then this funny thing happened. We brought in this quarterback from LSU, yeah. and all of a sudden things is different. So, my question to you, um, sitting in May, what do you see from yeah. LSU alum Joey B and my Bengals in an AFC where star quarterbacks is falling from the trees, man? Man, it 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 is. You guys have one that will always have you in contention, and thank thank the football gods for that because you are right. In a time in the AFC right now, if you don't have a quarterback, bro, you can you can just shut the season down. Yep. Just go out there and try to figure out as a player how you gonna get paid. If you don't have a guy that can compete at a high level, um, fortunately y'all do, and there's a lot of talent around Joey B as well, which can't go unmentioned. But you, he is to me, and I told a lot of people this. Now it's a popular thing to say, but when he was coming out, and I covered Joey B at LSU, the first year he got there, when he only threw 16 touchdowns, and then the next year he threw 50. Mm-hmm. And just his demeanor and his approach, I was like, this is the second coming of Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. the one thing I knew about Tom from his teammates and even preparing to play against him is his will to prepare. And that's really Joey B's um, 
That's his heroism. It's his ability to be prepared and not panic under pressure. And I think when you got a guy with that mix, with the type of talent that he has, the poise, you're always going to have a shot. Now, what the Bengals are in now is they are in a window where they have to build through the draft because you're going to have victims of salary cap because you got to pay a top five receiver and a top five quarterback here coming up pretty soon. So you're going to have to draft well. And that's what the Chiefs have managed to do. They managed to find free agents and make it make sense. But they've also drafted well and got a lot of production out of young guys. And that's kind of that era that Cincinnati is entering in. And as long as they can do that and keep nine protected, they'll be in the mix every year to make a playoff run and, and, and be mentioned um, as a team as a favorite. So I'm writing down on May 15th, Marcus Spears says, we are winning the Super Bowl. Thanks, Wagu. <laughs> man, don't lie on me, man. Don't lie on me. No, no. I got, hey, y'all got as good a chance as any, but if, if anybody knows me, I ain't betting against Patrick Mahomes until somebody take all my money. I ain't mad at that. Hey, listen, that that is the smart play, I think, in Vegas, in anywhere, any of the states that have sports Everyone, books. I, I, that that's that's what you do. Everyone. You you go with you go with Mahomes, and and you take your chances. Hey, Marcus, thanks so much for yeah. taking a few minutes today, my man. All right, fellas, y'all take care. That was Marcus Spears, ESPN's NFL analyst. Give him a follow on Twitter at m spears ninety six. And with that, we're going to go back to the NBA in a minute because we want you to continue to weigh in. If James Harden moves on, would you consider his time in Philadelphia a failure? Plus, has the NBA devalued the importance of a head coach? This is Kenny and Carline on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The final score at TD Garden, the Boston Celtics 112 and the Philadelphia 76ers 88. Are you planning to be the coach of the team next year? Yeah. Yeah, I got. I think I got two years left. So as far as, you know, my coach, I thought he's done a fantastic job. He came in. We've, I think, gotten better over the years. Uh, I thought he's done a great job. 
It's one of the many questions that, that we've got, right? Like, what, what's this going to look like? Who is Doc Rivers still going to be the coach of the Sixers? Is he not going to be the coach of the Sixers? We're seeing movement all across the NBA among the higher echelons of the NBA when you were talking about coach movement. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. I'm neither Canty nor Carlin. Andre Snillings, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys today. Candy and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. So, you know, if you need to make sure your bird is taken care of, there you go. We're going to go out to the phones. We've been talking for a little while now about do you consider James Harden's time in Philadelphia a failure if James Harden moves on? And Roy, the truck driver, what do you think about that? Man, it's a failure. I apologize to everybody in ESPN radio land. I, I was behind him two weeks ago. I said, don't forget about James Harden, but it seemed like he forgot about himself. You know, I played a lottery every blue moon, and I ain't never won nothing. And dealing, <laughs> thinking that he's going to do anything is even worse than the lottery. I give up. I will not. I'm not going to think too good about him no more. That's it. He, he had his chance. He blew it. He blew it. He's invisible. When it counted, where was he? Again. Again. This ain't the first time he's done this. I give up. They're done. <laughs> but, but how do you really feel, Roy? <laughs> no, how I really feel? <laughs> Man, don't get me started. I'm in the doggone traffic. Don't you do that. <laughs> Listen, Roy, be safe in traffic. We appreciate you calling in, but be safe. I, I live in Atlanta where traffic is a feature of the city, not an option. So please be careful. Been there a lot, done that, not doing it no more. Nope. Do not, do not blame you. I, I, I tell that to myself every time I have to drive up to Flowery Branch because I cover the Atlanta Falcons, among other things, for ESPN. Andre Snellings covers the NBA, covers anal- the analytics portion of the NBA. He is actually a doctor, so we're going to call him. Well, you want to be called Doc or Professor the rest of the show? <laughs> what, what, what do you prefer there, Dre? I, well, see, I, I normally go with Professor because there's um, a couple of Dr. Dre's already, including one that's a billionaire. I figure he got to that name first, so so I, I typically go with uh, Professor. So we're going. So, I, but can I go Doctor Andre? Hey, you know, you go whatever you want. You okay. know what I'm I, I answered everything. Oh, uh, that's dangerous. <laughs> That's just that's you should not tell me that because now I'm just gonna make up different names like uh, you know I'm Sean. Saying, if, if you put do- <laughs> if you put doctor in front of it, then my wife is happy and my kids are happy. My my oldest daughter did not believe I was a doctor for like the first eight years of her life because I was an engineering doctor and I didn't have a, a stethoscope. So you know, you say doctor, then then I'll answer. Okay, that's good to know. I, we're going to hold you to that, Doc. We're going to hold you to that to the rest of the show. I'm going to mix it up, and, and we're going to test that theory. But, you know, I'm listen, uh, but here's the thing, right? Like, when we're talking about guys have to address or learn different people, right, G- get addressed by different names, that's going to happen a lot in the NBA here. Oh, yeah. Because the the coaching carousel is, is deep and thick here in the NBA, and, of course, Another Doc would be Doc Rivers. So he right now is one of the bigger question marks of, is Doc Rivers still going to be in Philly? Uh, Dre, I, I, I don't know that answer, whether, whether Doc Rivers comes back. I would keep Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, you heard that, said he has two years left. He expects to be the coach. I would think it would be a mistake to move on from Doc, but I can understand why there would be a conversation about it. I just think it would be the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. You know, um, I'm 
Doc Rivers coached one of my favorite championship teams um, of my life. You know, the 2008 Celtics. I enjoyed that whole ride. Uh, I love what Doc Rivers seems to stand for. I've never met the man, but publicly, um, I like his interactions. So that and he's a a darn good coach. So I, I agree with you that I'm definitely not calling for him to be moved on from. But yes, there are questions that have to be answered about how that game went, that series went. Um, we, we've discussed this. You kind of felt like it was manifest destiny that, that the Celtics were just destined to, to because they're the better team. I, I did not think it was manifest destiny. Yeah, yeah, they were playing the scene. Was, manifest destiny means that they were go, they're going to go to L.A. because then they've gone co- coast to coast. Like, let's know what manifest <laughs> destiny is here, man. Uh, okay, history major. <laughs> I feel you on that. But my, my point is, I, I think that, that Doc was active in what happened. He wasn't a, a pat, he wasn't passive or he should not have been passive. He, you know, there were some strategy moves that as a guy sitting watching the game, I was questioning. And yeah. so I feel like it's fair to ask him those questions and, and, and have him answer, but I'm not in a hurry to, um, if, if I'm the 76ers to move on from him because he is a good coach, despite, um, what people will point out about, for instance, his game seven records. Right, and he hasn't won a Game 7 since like 2015. It's a problem, and it is a a thing that you can absolutely point to when you're talking about being critical of Doc Rivers, but he's still one of the best coaches in the NBA. Another guy in that conversation has been Monty Williams. Mm -hmm. He got fired over the weekend after four seasons. Here's what Woj had to say on NBA Today a little while ago about the firing of Monty Williams. Matt Ishbia, the Suns' new owner, who you know, he engineered the Kevin Durant trade. He was the one who essentially negotiated it, signed off on it in the hours before the trade deadline. You know, that was his trade, and this is largely his decision to fire Monty Williams. I'm told that he never really warmed to Monty Williams and their relatively brief time together in Phoenix, despite the fact that Monty Williams is responsible for taking this Suns franchise from really a laughingstock in the NBA, a 19-win team to the NBA Finals. Matt Ishbia is running basketball operations in Phoenix, and he wanted to hire his own coach, and so now he'll get the opportunity to do that. Listen, you sign the checks, you can do whatever you want, but you're also the one who might make bad decisions. And this, this to me, feels like a real bad one. Absolutely. Monty Williams is one of the best coaches in the NBA. In four seasons, he was the coach of the year twice. He brought the Suns to the championship, you know, just a couple seasons ago. And there's something to be said about wanting to make a splash Ishbia may be making two splashes and he might have made the wrong decision both times because ESPN's analytics did not love the Kevin Durant trade for the Suns and in fact suggested that they gave up more value and depth um, than what they got back. And so, you know, we put these two together. Ishbia might not have the greatest start to his uh, uh, ownership career. So far, I mean, we'll see what happens with him, right? But he's definitely making big decisions early I do not like this Monty Williams move because you're also forgetting this. If you're making it because they lost, well, they lost without two of their four starters, and that is a big, big problem. Where does Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the Sixers go from here? That's next, Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.